Welcome back to another episode of Rare. This week we're going to get into the spy games. Those games where maybe you have to bluff to your opponents or you're a spy from a different organization or you're trying to take down an organization from the inside. Let's start the new year off with getting into each other's minds. It's spy games! Well, enough of the details. Let's roll the dice and get this episode started. I'm Ashley. Welcome back. <laughs> and I'm Ricky. <laughs> And I, I, I love spy games so much. Just the like, the variety of different types of spy games, like the bluffing or just like the team aspect, or there's just so many ways to play spy games that it's actually kind of surprising. Yeah, I, I feel like spy games tend to be more on like the party game side. A little bit. Yeah, more more players because <laughs> you're looking at a lot more team-based games, I would say, which is mm -hmm. which is nice. It's it's a more uh, mental aspect. A lot of like spy games are because it's a lot more um, bluffing or learning how to communicate, sort of thing. Communicating without directly communicating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of lead me into my first game, <laughs> which is Decrypto. Decrypto. I feel like we have talked about Decrypto before, but it has been a hot minute. Um, but Decrypto. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Decrypto is a three to eight player game. Um, and it plays 13 to 45 minutes. And the designer is Thomas, I'm going to absolutely butcher this, Dagonese L'Esperance. And it is published by Asmodi. And Aiello. Yeah. And a lot of people, I really. <laughs> I think I remember buying it in the, like, Aiello store at a like convention yeah i think one of i think asmodi may have got it from ilo i want to say yeah, probably uh, like monopolizing board games yes really which that's a whole nother episode really yeah <laughs> Um, but, uh, Decrypto is, it's definitely more of a party game. You can play it with three people, but I feel like it's better with at least four. And even then, like, you really want, like, an even number of people because an odd number kind of sets the teams up a little bit weird, but you can still play it with an odd number. Don't think that you can't, but you can. But so basically each, there's, there's two teams and each team is trying to, decrypt their opponent's code is what's happening i mean that's the name decrypto um so there's like a little screen that kind of each team gets and there is um 
there's four code cards and you have to get your team to guess the correct order of the code cards. Yeah, but uh, each code is only three numbers. So you're trying to get them to get the three numbers. So there's four slots in your little screen and there are code words in one through four. And you're trying to get your team to get the correct code combo of the three numbers while not letting the other team guess the, your correct combo. And it goes for both at the same time. Um, and what you're doing is you're trying to use not similar words. What do I want to say? Like words that you can connect to the word that's in there without, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, without like directly <laughs> saying yeah. the word. So um, a lot of times like the rules for that are like you can't use like, I think this one, you can't use like the same word but in a different language like if you are fluent in different languages like it has to be something that is related to the word without actually using the word in any way or in a different language mm -hmm. is like one of the big rules yeah kind of like any other like word guessing game you can't use something that like would directly lead them to the word if that makes sense like um so if your word was snow you couldn't say i can't even think of another language like, you couldn't say snowflake because yeah, it has the, the word, word snow in it. it or snowman because it's got the word snow in it like you have to say something like white or glistening or um you could probably say flaky or mm. flake because you're not saying snow mm -hmm. You got to get creative but a lot of, with how you're describing. Yeah, but a, a lot of times, like, like the other team is listening to every clue that you get, and they can write down every clue that you give, mm -hmm. and then they can try to, like, like intercept. Mm -hmm. So you want to make your words or your clues, like, vague, but direct enough for your team, but vague and obscure enough that, like, the other team doesn't like, oh, this this word is definitely, like, is this. Like, yeah. they could guess it in, like, yeah. two two rounds or something. This this is, I think, an interesting game to play with friends where you're all used to, like, using the same kind of, like, language and you have, like, all those inside jokes. And this game could be harder because you're trying to use your own inside jokes to relate to the to your words but you can't because the other team is also savvy to those clues as well so it, mm -hmm. i think it makes it a slightly more interesting for a friend group versus strangers it's it can be interesting if you're on a team with strangers and the other people are also strangers like everybody's a stranger then it can be interesting to see how people connect those words and things like that yeah i think i have played it though we're like there's always, like, one person on each team that, like, knows each other, but they know their team better than the people on the other team. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, like, friend group versus friend group. Mm -hmm. So you have to try to, like, figure out, like, the other friend group's, like, language, mm -hmm. which is also kind of fun for yeah. me. So it's... um. It's a it's a puzzly kind of game. It's a it's a very social game, um, mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot of fun for everybody involved. There's not like a super lot of downtime because 
um, while your team is going, the other team is actively trying to like intercept your code and understand it. And the same goes in reverse. So it's not a game with a super lot of downtime. And I I really enjoy it. It's it's a it's a quirky game. Um, it when I when I first looked at it, I was like, what the heck is this game? This game seems like a nightmare. But it's it's really not that complicated. Um, you just have to sit down and figure out your words. <laughs> yeah, and like the like with the rounds. Um, so there's the white team and the black team, and the white team I think always goes first. And then so like the first round is kind of like a, I don't want to say like it's a like a a useless turn, but like there's not much guessing going on because you don't have much to go on. Mm-hmm. But anytime after that, like say the white team goes, they write down their clues. Well, I guess everybody writes down their clues at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then the white team will go first. The white team will read out their clues. The black team will write down the clues that are given. Mm-hmm. And then the black team has a chance to guess the number. And if they're right, they get an interception token. And if they're wrong, then the white team will guess. And if they're right, then everything's good. But if the white team gets their own clues wrong, then a forget what the token's called but essentially if a team gets two intercept tokens they win or if a team gets two like wrong answer tokens they lose the game yeah because there's um the games the games tend to tend to last several rounds it's not like a one round and done it's a couple of rounds of going back and forth yeah but i think on like the pads that you get, I think it either has like eight or ten like spots. I want to say it's eight because I'm thinking the the games go generally like four to seven rounds, so about half or more. The game can yeah, go I don't on. Think I don't think we've ever used like the entire sheet. Mm-mm. No, when I've played, I think we've really gone to like six or maybe seven rounds of the game before. But I mean, it's 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 a pretty quick party game all in all yeah i think we usually play like two or three like full games Mm -hmm. before uh we want to like maybe move on to something else like usually like one one game is not enough no (laughs) it's it's uh one you want to play a couple rounds of or a couple games of but yeah that's that's to crypto (laughs) the game that i'm going to talk about or one of them is um archer once you go blackmail so it's actually a love letter game (laughs) Uh, it is designed by um seiji kanai uh it's published by aeg slash cryptozoic it's two to four players and is about 20 to 30 minutes, which I feel like is longer than some other love letter games. Maybe. Maybe. Because I feel like some of the other ones are like maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it depends on the version you play, but I think most of them run about 20 minutes. Yeah, so this one, if you're familiar with the show Archer, which is a show about really bad spies. (laughs) Like really bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like they have terrible teamwork but somehow they manage to like <laughs> get things done 
in like the longest way possible. But essentially, this is just love letter with the archer theme. But some of the cards actually are different and they play a little bit differently than regular love letter. So it has like a different feel to it than regular love letter does. It I, I think it's very thematic with the archer thing. Like it definitely feels more I think it feels a little bit more backstabby hmm. than regular love letter does. See, I don't I don't played many other variations of love letter. I know there are a couple of variations on it, but I don't think I've played too many of them. Yeah, we've we have several. <laughs> because like and it, I, I think the only reason is because they've made slight changes to each theme that even though it's the same game, they do play slightly different mm-hmm. enough to make it like interesting depending on which one you're playing. But I feel like the Archer one has more of that like spy-y like effect to it. So an example of a card that's different. So usually in Love Letter, um, the f- number four card is like ignore all effects. Like nobody can target you on until it's like your turn again. Nobody can try to take you out of the game. Like you're protected from everything. Where in the Archer one, the number four card does let you do that, but you can also peek at a hidden identity card because there are hidden identities. Wow. Okay. Just go all out, Archer Love Letter. And I like it because like the tokens that you get for like winning are like dolphin oven mitts, which is <laughs> something from the show. Which is kind has. of hilarious. <laughs> um like number two um, usually you're just trying to, I forget what the two does in some other ones, to be honest. But this for this one, um, like you, you can guess the hidden identity card. Seven is usually like if you have a five or I think a six, mm-hmm. you have to play that card other than the other one mm-hmm. for this one the seven is collect all players cards and the hidden identity card and shuffle and redeal oh so you're actually, like mixing it up okay and then and then the six is usually i think you swap hands with somebody and in this one one player discards his or her hand and replaces it with the hidden identity card so oh. there's like a there's several differences in this one compared to like a regular love letter game and I believe the hidden identity cards like every time you play love letter um when you're dealing out cards you always put one face down. Mm-hmm. And that's the hidden identity one cuz that's the one that nobody ever knows. So like the the two is interesting to where like you if you you can guess the hidden identity card which I think is interesting. Yeah. So, like, this one has a lot of, like, differences. And, like I said, it has more of that, like, spy feel mm-hmm. kind of, like, backstabby because you can, like, switch people's, like, everybody's hands around instead of just, like, maybe one person where you're, like, just swapping hands with them. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, like, the five, usually you make somebody discard a card and redraw like draw one card Mm -hmm. but this one lets you like 
kind of like pull everybody's cards together and reshuffle everything, Jeez. which is very chaotic, <laughs> which is very fitting for Archer to yeah. me. <laughs> so I just, I, I think this one is an interesting version of Love Letter. So if you like Love Letter, but you want a little bit more of like a different gameplay that's just like kind of like throws everything into chaos i would recommend getting the archer love letter and it it is very fun like it definitely has the <laughs> archer feel to it a hundred percent yeah that's archer love letter all right so the then the next game i have is code names i don't think we've talked about code names before if we did it might have been very brief it would have been brief i think um but code names is two to eight players so it's another kind of a party game um playtime is pretty quick about 15 minutes um the designer is vlada schvaltil and yep. <laughs> the publisher is Czech Games Edition or CGE. Codenames is where the party is split into two teams, you know, uh, and then both teams choose um, a person to kind of be their like lead. Um, and then those people go and they get to see the like the layout of the code cards and then all the code cards are then set out now there are a couple of different styles of code names i've never actually played the like original code names i've only ever played the disney one mm. so the disney one is you can either have a picture of like from a disney movie or you can have i think the word from a Disney movie on the back of the card, so you can play with words or with pictures. I think the original is just with words, but the goal of the game is the like leaders of each team get to see the grid layout, and they're trying to get you to guess your team's cards in the right order. So they, they give out a clue, their team has to pick the right card for that clue that is given, it can be the wrong card that is picked, which isn't necessarily a big deal. Um, but you can't also pick your opponent's correct card, which is a plus for the opponent because you want your cards to be flipped over. I think the first team with all of their correct cards flipped over kind of wins the game. That's why the game's only 15 minutes. It's, it's really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing is, is like you can try to have them guess more than one card on a turn, which can be kind of beneficial to give you that lead and or uh, catch up if the other team is ahead of you. So like just for an example, let's say you have some cards and there's something that connects them. Like you can tr try to like connect those cards together and Let's just say for the Disney one, for example, you could say Princess 3 and give like a number. And that tells them how many cards you think that they could like guess correctly with the clue Princess. And so like they would pick three cards. And if they're all right, then you would cover those cards and then they 
depending how far of the game you you're in a lot of times like if there's like a round where they did not guess the right one they could get like a bonus guess and go back and try to guess like a clue from a previous round Mm -hmm. and they if they get it right then great if not then you know it kind of goes on it's like everything else it's just a bonus guess they can take it they don't have to if they're still not like certain what like card Mm -hmm. it is um but if any point in time like if they were to guess like two cards right but the third card was like an innocent bystander which is like neutral cards or the opponent's card then the the their turn is over Mm -hmm. and it would go to the next team yeah Codenames is definitely a family game. I think the box says it's like 14 and up, but like especially for like the Disney one, I think little kids can play it as long as they understand association. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be fine playing it. I've I've played it or, with my nephews who like the youngest one is like 9. So, or maybe you're just trying to teach them a word association. This mm-hmm. I think this would be a really good game to teach them that. But there is also uh code names undercover or deep undercover yeah deep <laughs> undercover which is the uh, adults only version uh, okay <laughs> i was wondering what that version was yeah so it's got a lot of like adult content related words so, and it can get very um, interesting uh-huh. um so i've i've been on the opposite end of disney <laughs> the complete opposite end (laughs) but as far as like different themes so they do have disney they have a harry potter one they have a marvel one and they have uh the simpsons one um Mm -hmm. and then they have um one called pictures and then because i think that was the original one is just words and then they came out one Mm -hmm. with pictures and then i'm not sure what duet is so uh codename duets instead of having two teams like it's cooperative oh okay so it's a little bit of a different game a little bit yeah Hmm. so like i think you could play that with like two people and it'd be cooperative be like instead of being like teams Mm -hmm. where it's like one versus another team yeah we have it but i don't think we've tried playing it yet yeah yeah codenames duet is actually two players only Oh, okay. So it's literally just a two-player game. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that's fun. That's not a bad idea. But I know there's like an Excel version of Code Names, and I really want to play that to see like how big the cards are for it. <laughs> right. Um, but it's it's a fantastic party game. I think if you feel comfortable, I don't see why you couldn't play with a bigger group than eight. Just split the teams up evenly it just yeah. it, the game will probably go quicker then because you have more minds working together to figure out the clues but yeah and we're I, i'm not entirely sure how decrypto handles odd numbers i think like one team is just one person bigger than the other where in code names if you have odd people that odd one out can be like the like code master whatever the term is for mm-hmm. both teams instead of having uh, a person on each side being the code master when it's like more even okay i see so, so they're they're more of like a neutral party that yeah. are giving words for both teams okay that's kind of nice um mm-hmm. for decrypto i don't i can't remember i have played it with three people before and i honestly could not tell you how it was played 
Like I, I legit <laughs> had could not tell you how a three player to crypto was yeah. played. I, we've played the crypto with like seven people and i think we just had a team of three and a team of four yeah i think decrypto just has like you know pick one team but as far as like because decrypto can play with three i don't remember mm-hmm. how it's played with three <laughs> that's a that's a different style of gameplay <laughs> um yeah. but so yeah the code names is a it's a great family game the word recognition and association fantastic pick up code names <laughs> Names. <laughs> All right. Uh, so <laughs> the next one I'm gonna go with is I picked this one because of the feel of the game, and I feel like it fits the theme. Is time stories, oh, and the okay. reason I picked it was because the fact that you are going kind of like undercover in Mm -hmm. a different time periods to figure out like the error in the time so i guess it's a little bit more time travel-y but i feel like you're still like secret agents in a sense like you're going undercover and like as somebody else but time stories is uh two to four players it runs about 90 minutes it's by Peggy Chassinet, Chassinet or Chassinet, depending on if the <laughs> T is pronounced or not. And then um, Manuel Rosoy, and it's published by Space Cowboys. Space Cowboys! So, Time Stories, I, I know I've talked about this one before because I, I remember talking how, like, the rules are a little obscure and hard to follow a little bit. Like, we're never sure if we're playing the game right. <laughs> but it's fun. Like, once you kind of get into to, like the flow of it, it's kind of interesting. And it's actually really hard to win on your first playthrough. So uh, Time Stories is one of those games where, like... Um, it's it's each scenario has its own deck of cards and you're not supposed to get the cards out until like it tells you to and then sometimes you'll get like a token and if you have that token maybe it will let you do something later but if you don't have that token then you have to do like something else because you can't access that place without that token and so um essentially the theme of it is is your time traveler agent people and there's something going on in a timeline where something bad happens and you're trying to go back and figure out what that was and correct the timeline. And it's a story-based game. And so maybe like the first time you play through, you only get so far and then you run out of time because uh, you have to spend time at each location and then tasks will take a certain amount of time. So a lot of times you'll end up running out of time before you figure out what's going on. But then you play it the second time and you know like, oh, well, this lead didn't go anywhere. So we'll just skip it this time. So you you kind of become a little bit more efficient the more you play through the story. And then you're able to figure out like and solve the story quicker and better and then maybe you actually like get to the end and like quote unquote win the game 
So it, it's just one of those games <laughs> where like the more you the more you play it, the better you get at it, and like the more story you might like uncover as you play. Which I, I think the concept is super super interesting, and part of the reason why I wanted it in the first place. That and like the the game box is super simple, but absolutely gorgeous. Like that was another reason why I wanted to get it. Like the just the the game art is fantastic. I my only wish is like the rules were a little bit clearer. That's that's something I've heard about the game is that the rules are kind of muddy. But mm -hmm. there's a reason that you play through the same scenario a couple of times. So <laughs> but like each turn like there's like a time captain and the time captain is the one that can make like if people are struggling on like what to do next the time captain can make like the final call on what to do and then like uh the the like bodies you're like inhabiting when you're going through the stories like they all have their own like stats and special abilities which can help you and i the the game box itself is super great like the the packaging like where you store everything mm -hmm. is one of those games where you're like why don't all games do this <laughs> like it's so good and they even have it so you can like like save your game oh, that's so nice. if you need to stop in the middle of it you can put it in the box and um like the tokens there's like Let's say you have like five time left. There's like a spot where you can put your time token on five. So when you come back to it, you know exactly where you left off, even taking it out of the box. So I think it's super well done. I think the game art's fantastic. The concept is amazing. It's just the rules kind of <laughs> suck. <laughs> but uh, I will get off. But. <laughs> Get off that, that horse, I guess. <laughs> that soapbox. <laughs> but yeah, that's time stories. Yeah, time stories. The The last game I have to talk about is called The Resistance. Viva la resistance. So this one's definitely a big party game. It's five to ten players. Um, about a 30 minute game time. And it was designed by Don Eskridge, and it's published by Indie Boards and Cards. So the deal with The Resistance is it's kind of set in the same universe as... Um, Coup. Coup, yes, thank you. I was like, <laughs> I know the name. It's, it's set in the same universe as Coup. Um, so it's kind of like a that they're they're trying to get the empire to fall where coup is people playing as like the empire people the resistance is people trying to take down the empire and the reason the resistance is a spy game is that you are either a resistance operative or an imperial spy so the game plays out um it kind of depends on the number of players for how long the gameplay is how many rounds it is so it's like three to five rounds, and then you have to decide who is going on missions to take down the Empire. So one person gets to choose who's going 
on the mission and it's it can be different people every time or it can be the same people every time once you choose those people each mission i believe has like a different number of people that have to be involved in it so it could be two it could be three that sort of thing the board changes depending on how many players there are so the board will kind of define how the missions work um when all the people are named for the mission they submit their success or failure card the person who's like in charge of the mission takes those cards shuffles them up and lays them all up now this is where it comes in if there is a spy or not because the spy can or cannot make the mission fail so if they're involved in like the first mission a spy might not mm -hmm. want to like fail the mission right off the bat because they want to like get in and get everybody's trust because if a mission succeeds there's there's no doubt everybody here is an operative there's nothing to worry about we're gonna this mission was a success we're gonna go on to the next mission now the next mission because this is a social deduction game because you're gonna have to vote who you think a spy is so on the next mission if you're a spy and you're involved in the next mission and then you make that mission fail now it comes into question who is the spy if you did it with the same people you did it in the first mission everybody is under suspicion at that point if you were lucky and you got into another group where you weren't with them on a previous mission then you would probably be considered clear because your previous mission succeeded. It didn't fail. So you're probably not a spy. But the other two people who joined your mission, maybe they're a spy. Like, so mm -hmm. it's it's a very, like, when we played this game, we would play a couple games of it. And at the end of the night, we would be very, like, we don't trust anybody right now. Because <laughs> it's very, like, toss the blame onto somebody else, like, get everybody else to blame them and a lot of the times depending on the number of players there's going to be two or more spies going on so one of those spies could be like actively working to get the other spy kicked out because that makes them seem more credible too <laughs> so it's a lot of like underhandedness the game could very easily go one way or another like we saw pretty equal wins for like the spies and for the operatives so it's not like heavily weighted one way or another but it is like a very heavy social deduction game mm. yes sir yeah and then when one team succeeds at three missions they win so if the spies fail three missions they win or if the um, operatives succeed three missions they win so that's why the game can kind of be longer or shorter depending on like how quick the spies can like sabotage plans or if the operatives get really lucky and <laughs> manage to not get any spies on any of their missions and <laughs> they get through and then they're just fine and dandy so um the the game goes really well it's pretty smooth once you figure out how the gameplay works it's not crazy complicated but it, it can leave a little bit of distrust going on in your mind at the end right. of the night. But I think it's it's really fun. It's set in the same world as Ku, so it's very like um, 
sci-fi futuristic kind of dystopian it's got that kind of just that artwork on it and it was kind of like a little bit based around werewolf that sort of logic so if you like werewolf um this is a little bit i don't want to say it's meteor but it's a it's got a little bit more strategy, I think, involved in it. It's a lot more cooperative between, like, the teams. Like, the 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 operatives are distrustful of everybody, and the spies are, like, working to sow that distrust, but they, they're aware of each other, and they're working together sort of thing. So I, I accidentally helped out my spy teammate because when I'm a spy, I'm very, like... I don't know why I'm always obvious I'm a spy. So it got him cleared right from the get-go because he immediately just turned and was like, she's the spy. And I was like, oh, darn, you caught me. I am the spy. So he was immediately in the clear. Nobody questioned him the rest of the game, and we won just because of that, like, first interaction. So it was like, it actually worked in our favor. <laughs> it's like the only yeah. time it's worked in favor <laughs> but yeah that is the resistance the resistance <laughs> all right my last game is also a hidden role game <laughs> it is called time bomb evolution Ooh. it is uh designed by yusuke sato uh, it is published by ILO. Got another ILO Ooh, game. ILO. It is actually a, one of their small white box games. It's four to six players, so you do need a bit of a larger group to be able to play this one. And then it runs 25 to 30 minutes. So while this is kind of like a hidden roll spy game... The theme is actually Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. Because you're either on Team Sherlock or Team Moriarty. Ooh. And you're trying to defuse a bomb. Hence, time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the game, you're given a roll card and you're either on Team Sherlock or you're on Team Moriarty. And at the beginning of the round uh everybody is dealt wire cards and then uh the game is only like four rounds so um on your turn you have to pick a card in front of somebody else to like snip and some cards are diffusing wires which is they like marked with like a little check mark which mm -hmm. means like it's good you like cut something and you're, like, working towards, like, actually diffusing the bomb. Mm -hmm. The other cards are color-coded. And those are bad cards. Or, or kind of. And there's, like, a couple variants for the game. But, like, the, the main game is, like, on your turn, you cut a wire. If it's colored, like, if that's your, like, first, second, or third time cutting that color. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing happens. It's just, it gets riskier. Um, because if you cut the fourth bomb of the same color, the bomb explodes. Oh, and Team Moriarty wins. Okay. 
So essentially, like Sherlock's team is trying to defuse the bomb, and Moriarty's team wants the bomb to explode. Okay. But you don't want to be like super obvious which team you're on because then, you know, people can like change the game or like kind of like, I think you can like manipulate the cards a little bit. Yeah. Because I think when at the beginning of the round, you like get cards and then. I think you can look at them. Yes. So you look at your cards, you can shuffle them and put them down in any order that you want. Mm -hmm. And so like when somebody goes to cut your wire, there is actual some like table talk. Like you can try to like convince somebody like, yeah, that's that's fine. Or you can try to like get them to pick a different card. Okay. So that's kind of like where the hidden role comes in is like, you know, what's in front of you, but not everybody does. But at the end of each round, all the cards that haven't been revealed yet get shuffled up and then redistributed. Mm -hmm. So that's where like the hidden role comes in is like you can convince somebody to pick a card and it could be a good card or it could be a bad card. Mm -hmm. Or you can even like discuss about like not even like your cards. You could like convince like because you know how many cards there are in the game and like the different colors. So you're like, oh, well, we already have two pink cards, so we know that there's two left. And, like, so you can kind of, like, discuss, like, the cards on the table. Mm. And so uh, I just, I know it was a little bit of, it was, it was fun. And it, this was one of the few times where, like, I was actually on the Moriarty team. Mm-hmm. But I managed to, like, make people think I wasn't. <laughs> Because, like, I I manipulated enough to where, like, I got them to pick, like, good cards. But, like, also tried to get them to, like, keep picking, like, the same colored cards. Oh, just, like, trick them by just, like, yeah, it's fine if you cut that one again and again and again and again. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's just fun, like, like, the discussion and, like the little bit of like the time restraint because there's only like so many rounds mm-hmm. and then like the fact that like like i i feel like there's that a little bit of that urgency like even though like you can take as much time as you want obviously like it's not like super like time constricted mm-hmm. but it, you kind of like get that like feel like oh man like this is <laughs> taking the ticking time bob like we got to like diffuse it or like oh yeah we got to get them to cut all like the get the, the same wires uh-huh. so. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, and then uh there's a variant to the game which i don't think we ended up playing but like so in the variant the different colored like cards each of them have like a certain ability and mm-hmm. so if you cut that wire the ability gets triggered oh i see so it adds a little bit more of like I'm, I'm sure it adds a little bit more of like, oh my god. Yeah, that <laughs> makes it a little it. bit harder. <laughs> but uh, one thing that we liked about this game, and it's totally like unnecessary, but it's just fun like thematic wise, is like they do give you a pair of like cardboard scissors mm-hmm. <laughs> that like actually like open and close so oh you can gosh. like pretend that you're like actually cutting like the card <laughs> when you pick so it. so cute. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Um, it's it's definitely a game like you're 
obviously not going to get out on the table as much because it's harder to get like that four to six players mm-hmm. all the time. But I think it would be a fun, like, like quick party game kind of thing. I, I do. I like the fact that it's like it's not just like a spy game. It's like specifically like Sherlock and Moriarty mm-hmm. with like the secret teams mm-hmm. and you're trying to like manipulate what's going on depending on what team you're on Mm -hmm. and it's got like a it's kind of got like a steampunk theme to it too Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like steampunk sherlock holmes spy stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah love it time bomb evolution um I just wanted to do like a uh, one game real quick here. We got it as a gift several, several years ago, um, and it it absolutely fits in the the spy theme. It's called Redacted. <laughs> the box is really cool. It has Redacted in like the brackets, and then it's just like a it's like a black box with like the white text, and it has like a little like white tie on it with like Redacted text in it and stuff. But it's um, it's kind of based during the Cold War, and so each the 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 group is split into teams. It's two to six players. It's a forty-five minute game. Designers are Catalan Nimrod, David Turchsey, and Milahaley Vinci. And it's published by uh, Ludicrations and Passport Game Studios because this game was like kickstarted a while ago, several years ago. <laughs> but the the game has like a lot of different scenarios, and that changes how the game is played every single time. So it's like two different sides going against each other, trying to like steal plans, or they're trying to get away. I remember I was on a team and I was basically just trying to get away and in the scenario somebody on the other team turned off the lights because that's something you can do and it's kind of like why did he decide to do that I don't know but he turned the lights off and I got away in like two turns and won the game my other teammate didn't even know what was going on but our scenario just had one of us getting away so I'm like I have the chance and I'm gonna do it okay bye <laughs> um and it's a lot of the time where you might not know who your teammate is too you're just trying to covertly work together and try to figure each other out um without knowing who each other is but it was it was really interesting it was a different sort of gameplay there's a lot of different scenarios that changes how it's played out um but yeah that's redacted check it out noise Check it out. Check it, check it, check it out. I, I love, like, spy theme games. A lot of the time they give me, like, anxiety because a lot of them are, like, social deduction and, like, bluffing games. And that always gives me, like, that anxiety. But it's like a, I don't want to say it's like a good anxiety because it's anxiety, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, like, <laughs> I feel like every time I'm the, like, bad team, mm-hmm. quote unquote, I'm super obvious. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's I, I maybe talk. <laughs> I, either I end up talking too much or I don't talk at all. 
Mm-hmm. It's like one or the other, mm-hmm. and like it's over always super obvious. Yeah, and you're always like called out just like that. A lot of the time, I don't even have yeah. to like say anything. I swear I'm not acting differently, and people are like, pointing me out. So like, I'm definitely not getting away with murder anytime soon. <laughs> and then when I'm innocent, somehow a lot of times I end up getting suspected because like I I feel like when I'm not the bad person i'm too quiet like the entire time but it's a different kind of quiet than Mm -hmm. if i am the like the bad person (laughs) so people like they're like oh you haven't really said anything you must be guilty i'm like no i didn't say anything because i'm not guilty yeah i don't don't have anything to add like (laughs) i don't need to like i don't feel like i need to defend myself when i'm innocent yeah and then when somebody's like, I think you're this person, I'm like, I'm totally not that person. Yeah. Like, well, I'm now I'm convinced you're that person. I'm like, yeah, great. Sure. <laughs> go ahead and take me out and find out that you were wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um there's a there's a game on one of the Jackbox party packs. It's called Faking It. And it's where mm-hmm. one player is like trying to fake being like a normal person or something i'm not really sure why they're faking it but oh my gosh that that game induces so much anxiety in me when you're trying to like skate by and bluff your way through it and it's just like yeah uh. so like yeah so the way that that game works is like if you're the odd one out it's like everybody gets a prompt and they see the prompt and have an answer and then you kind of get to, you get like an, a different prompt than everybody else, but mm-hmm. you're trying to answer it similarly enough. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know, somehow like the, the, like the, the prompts are close enough that you could maybe get by, mm-hmm. but like different enough that your answer could be like completely different than like everybody else's. And then like everybody knows that you're faking it. Yeah. Or... Um, like some of the prompts and it also depends on like what type it is because like uh, sometimes like you have to raise your hand and so like some people at the end of like the time will have their hands raised and some people won't and like people can try to like figure out like who has the right prompt and who doesn't by Mm -hmm. like hands raised yeah like one of the questions I had I was like the odd one out and the question was like who wears glasses and I wear glasses. I was wearing glasses when this question came up and everybody who wore glasses raised their hand and they all just like turned and stared at me. (laughs) The question came up on the screen. I'm like, this is unfair. (laughs) Yeah. But it, it also can like sometimes turn on you. Like if people know things about you, Mm Hmm. Like, then they know that you're obviously, like, lying. But it's always fun when something's, like, obscure enough that, like, maybe it could be you, but maybe Mm -hmm. it could not be you. And then people are like, I feel like you're lying, but I'm not sure. It's really really fun to, like, kind of play the game and maybe not put, like, such an obvious answer if it's one where you're inputting something on. But, like, really, like, get out there with it. Just because, like, that's kind of how Jason plays a lot of those games is that he really, like, gets wild and crazy with it. So everybody, like, kind of always 
slightly suspects him <laughs> to his, yeah, his own think, disadvantage. <laughs> I think like one time, like everybody else got like, uh, what color would you describe your personality? And then I got like, what color is your shirt? And I think I was wearing a gray shirt and everybody knew that I was a liar because they're like, I don't think you would describe your personality as gray. <laughs> <laughs> like well maybe you don't know me then <laughs> yeah i'm like you don't know <laughs> maybe i'm actually a dark depressed person yeah and it's always great to like hear some people like explain their answers and sometimes like that's how the like the the faker can get by is because they're just mm -hmm. they they they're really good at telling you why that answer is the correct answer and then other people are like well just because how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. I, uh, I think another one is, like, you have to, like, point at the person that mm -hmm. you think best fits, like, the sentence you get. Mm -hmm. I think one time, like, I think somebody ended up thinking I was lying, but I, I don't think I was actually the liar in that one. But one of the questions was, like, uh, took, like, a selfie this week, and, like, a lot of people pointed at me, and I'm like... <laughs> I don't take <laughs> selfies. selfies. Like, <laughs> why? Do you know me? It's <laughs> like I end, I think I ended up pointing at somebody else, and a couple people pointed at me, and they thought like maybe I was lying. What I'm like, but no, it's no. just because you don't know me. <laughs> but yeah, spying games, bluffing games. It's it's great to like learn how people think get in their minds a little bit let them you know try and like figure them out have them figure you out or not you know are you great at bluffing get your like poker face on <laughs> you gotta crack the code of your fellow players minds <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> Since this is coming out right before the new year, mm. what's one of your new year's resolutions? Ooh, yeah. I don't normally do new year's resolutions, if I'm being completely honest, because I don't keep them most of the time anyways. <laughs> I actually did this year. I wanted to be, I wanted to like kind of connect with my artsy side again and mm -hmm. i feel like i did a lot of crafts this year and a oh, lot of drawing yeah that's that's a good one and maybe maybe for my new year's resolution for the coming year i'll try and write more i used to write quite yeah. a bit and it's been a very long time that was kind of my go-to crafty kind of thing yeah. i guess i could probably keep that resolution for next year too. Just kind or of like maybe build upon it more. Yeah, or like maybe like try three new crafts mm. for next year. Like just some something completely different than you've done before. That's a good one. Yeah, but I feel like I did so many of those this year. Like I tried. So many new things this year. I don't know if I could build upon. You, you tried like, if I could find so many in like the things. past like couple months too. You like did the like the what is it the the um needle felting? Needle felting yeah, and you did and the. I made 
a miniature like kitchen. I built like a miniature kitchen kit uh-huh. and I did I built a lot of Legos, which was kind of new for me. And you did your little potion I, bottle. Yeah, I made a little potion prop bottle. Cute. That was new. Uh, I got like sealing wax, which is kind of new. Maybe um, maybe I'll do something with that next year. Like I'll build on that that oh, one a little there bit. You go. There you go. Good stuff. So, signing off for the new year. I hope everybody has a great 2022. Had a pretty good 2021. All things considered. <laughs> Only ways to go up, right? 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 (laughs) But happy New Year's, everybody. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ricky. Bye. Bye.